0: is Drew versus Well, the podcast about living, loving, laughing, getting inspiration through information. Today, we have Kevin Jefferson of the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast and American Eagle Mortgage, um, a loan advisor over there and kicking it out in Atlanta, Georgia. How you do today, Kevin? Doing great, Drew. How about yourself? Man, I cannot complain. Like I was telling you off air, it's a wonderful, beautiful, sunny, um, um, sunny Sunday on um in Charlotte, so I can't complain at all. It was just raining yesterday, so the sun is much needed.
1: Gotcha. We actually got a little bit of snow, man. But it's melted. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I I don't I, I don't mess with snow at all. I hate it. I remember uh two years well two years? No, it was actually three, maybe four years ago, we had a what they call a blizzard and um it was probably like two inches of snow and I couldn't get I used to live in an apartment complex I couldn't get out the park complex. Like nobody salted, nobody came in, like scooped up the snow or nothing. So we were screwed for like, I think it was four or five days, just in the house, had to walk to a liquor store. It was, it was just crazy. It was like, <laughs> if, if one thing we're going to have, we're going to have some liquor. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how are you doing? And um, let's just get into it. Um, I'm good, t- man. No complaints. No complaints good, at good. all, brother. Good. Good, good, man. It's a, it's it's wonderful to have you on. First and foremost, um, can you can you tell me a little bit first about yourself, and then go into um, why you started Real Estate Proverbs Podcast? Cool.
1: So my name is Kevin Jefferson. I originally hail from the great state of Delaware. Um, graduate of Delaware State University HBCU. Um, I'm also a. Um, I live now in Atlanta, Georgia. I moved to Atlanta, uh, the Metro Atlanta area, back in 2015. Uh, Actually, got into the real estate, um, real estate investing, back in 2003, about a year after I graduated college. And in that same time frame, I began to get my, uh, I pursued getting my real estate license. So I, you know, I've got you know 17 years of real estate experience um, between being a lender, being an investor and a mortgage loan officer, which I am now. And the reason why I stopped real, started Real Estate Proverbs podcast is simple. I've been listening to podcasts for maybe nine or 10 years. And in that nine or 10 years, I very rarely hear any success stories with African-American real estate professionals. And it's not just realtors. Um, it's not just investors. Uh, we'll have attorneys. We'll have home inspector, uh, black-owned home inspection companies, appraisals. And then just different facets of the real estate um, space. I've heard podcasts with investors. I've heard some trickle a little bit of, with the realtors in there, but nobody ever really highlights us. We might have one or two here, but nothing totally that I've heard and you know dedicated to what we do on you know as African American professionals.
0: So, how and why did you become an investor? Just you know, straight out of college was this something that. You know, you grew up on or something that you learned while you was growing up, or is it something you learned while you was going to college?
1: Man, uh I well, I've always grew up in a house. So I never lived in an apartment in my life. Okay. Um, so my mother owned her home. out for some reason I was always intrigued by real estate. And two thousand and one, which would have been my senior year homecoming, um, I decided not to go to homecoming, stayed home and what and read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, and that changed. Uh, that changed, you know, my my thinking on real estate, and kind of gave me some insight on real estate. Uh, fast forward, two thousand two, I graduated uh, from college. I was applying for jobs, um, you know, same stuff. Not enough experience. Overqualified, and you know, I just I remember. I had applied for a management trainee position with um, Foot Locker. And they said, okay, you've got the position. So I was waiting for them to call me back and tell me, you know, when I was supposed to start. I remember I was supposed to start like sometime in April. That day came and went. I called and um, I didn't hear anything back. And then from that point, I said, well, I'm going to have to do something different. So what I did was I ended up going to, I was going to get my master's and where I was going to get it was at a satellite office. It was a higher education building um, on a campus of a community uh, community college. So I met with the advisor there. We went over, you know, my course outline, how much it would cost, how long it would take. And I walked out of there, out of the meeting with her and said, okay, cool. So I have to be walking, I picked up the community booklet. And inside the community booklet, when I turned, I saw they were offering a real estate course. So, you know, I'm literally standing in the middle of the hallway with the book, one book in one hand, and then this other book in the other hand, I'm like, okay, 10,000 for a master's degree. And then, you know, 500 bucks for endless earning potential um, that I had more interest in, right? Mm -hmm. So I I decided to, you know, go get my real estate license. I called, they had a waiting list. And, um, so I was like, how'd I get on the waiting list? I just went, call, I think, matter of fact, I called back on, um, I called back when the lady was there to take my name and information. She took it and, you know, the rest is pretty much history, man. It's been a long journey to even get those licenses, which I explained in my first episode. Um, but that's my journey into real estate.
0: So your first property that you actually brought or you invested in, what was that? And how how, how nerve wracking was that process? Or wasn't nerve wracking at all since you had all the you know knowledge base from that. Uh, so see,
1: I, br- I purchased the property before I became an agent.
0: Ah, So I purchased
1: it with my mother. It was a duplex. Um, Both sides were actually rented. Um, I found it for sale by owner. And long story short, being a novice, not really having as much insight as I thought I had because I was, quote, now they professional. Mm -hmm. Um, When the market downturn, we end up losing it. Um, and we lost it because we weren't into it. Right. We didn't buy it. Right. Um, we didn't charge the right amounts for rents. Um, we just didn't manage it well.
0: If you had a magic wand and went in to edit that scenario, what would you do?
1: Um, I would have seeked out more information from someone a little bit more experienced than myself, Mm -hmm. um, and try to purchase it. Right. And, uh, I would have been more of a stickler either. a, I I would have been more of a stickler or I would have removed myself from the situation and let somebody else manage it.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So how are you now, um, as far as being a real estate investor and a mortgage loan officer, how are you kind of, um, traversing those realms now? How many homes have you brought? How many homes have you mortgaged out or loaned out to people? Do you have a number? Um,
1: oh man, uh, I did <laughs> sixty transactions last year. Oh. I've done hundreds of transactions over the last couple of years. Um, in terms of uh, rental properties, I've got uh, I've got some land back in Delaware. I've got mm-hmm. a house back in Delaware, and then I actually have a uh, five unit in uh, Montgomery, Alabama.
0: So if somebody was in that realm or wanted to start out on learning the process of, um, you know, becoming a homeowner and buying duplexes and, you know, the process of purchasing a home, which I I'm actually am in the beginning process, what are some of your proverbs that you would enlist onto them?
1: Well, I would tell them definitely seek uh, knowledge from someone that's more experienced than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube is great. You know, Google is great, the search engine, but they can't tell you the ins and out. Um, you can listen to these people tell you how to buy a property and how much money they made, but they don't tell, always tell the backstory. Uh, so definitely reach out and, uh, I, as people say, seek a mentor. Um, even mm-hmm. pay for some type of course. The money that you invest in that course will save you thousands of dollars uh, over the course of time.
0: Okay, so when when that person takes that course and wants to, you know, actually go into the process of investing, is there anything as far as the loan process that they might need? Definitely, you know, being people that, you know, there have been in our, you know, in our in our culture, a lot of redlining, a lot of, you know, adverse adverse reactions to people coming into loan offices and looking the way, you know, being black or brown. And being pushed back on, you know, getting, getting, you know, the money to purchase property. What are some things that they should have like locked down to make sure that their process is smooth as possible?
1: Right. So the, f- the first thing is how you're going to acquire it. Mm-hmm. And when I say how you're going to acquire, there's multiple ways you can acquire. It's be if it's between a one and four family, you can purchase that property as. An investment property where you put down between 15 and 25% going conventional financing. Or if you're looking to live in one of the units, you can buy that property as a primary residence and rent out the other two, three, or four uh, one, two, or three units that you have available and only put down three to three and a half percent that's using FHA financing and conventional. You must, and I repeat you must live in one of the units. If not, that's considered mortgage fraud. And if they find out, they can call the mortgage, the mortgage due. So when, when I have someone who comes to me and they say they want to buy a multifamily, I make sure that they're going to live in it. If they're not and they say, hey, well, how would they know? Then I'm not lending to them because that's my license on the line. I, yeah. I'm only going to deal with you if you're on the straight and arrow. Um, now, the thing of it is, If you buy it through FHA, one to four families, you only have to live in the property for a year. So you live there for a year and you buy something else, but you have to live in that property. Um, In terms of getting prepared, you would need to have 30 days, most recent pay stubs, your last two months of bank statements, all pages. Specifically, the, one, the bank account that has your money in it that you say you have to buy the property as a down payment and closing costs. Uh, your last two years of W-2s, so you know at this point, it's 2020 and 2019. Uh, the last two years of tax returns, right now, it's 2019 and 2018 uh, because 2020 taxes aren't due. And you need a copy of your driver's license, Social Security card, or you could use your passport. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know, just depending on how else you're looking to, uh, purchase a property, whether you're using retirement income, military income, mm-hmm. but those are the main things that you need to be prepared. And you should have an idea what's on your credit report yeah. while you pull credit karma or, um, Experian or some of these other sites, uh, that score may not be the same as what we have. However, it gives you an idea, and it gives me an idea of what your credit could look like, and then we can maneuver from there.
0: So, is FICO, and I know the answer to this, but this I would love your insight on this. Is FICO heavier, heavily more more dependent on the the possibility of getting the loan? Than your experience, TransUnion or Equifax um, credit report.
1: So, what it is is we use the FICO scoring map model, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And in using the FICO over Vantage, FICO, you know, it has uh, it's got a better, it's got different calculation, or as I always tell clients, a different scoring algorithm than Vantage. Typically, the Vantage score is typically higher because they count in some things they don't count in certain uh, payment reports. Um, but what we look at is your middle score. It's not an average of your three scores as people think. It's the actual middle score, which means if you got a 700, 710, and a 720, we look at the 710. No matter whether like your 710 might be experienced, mine may be transunion. It doesn't matter. They use the same um, scenario each time, meaning the middle score. No matter which agency it is.
0: Gotcha. Okay. That that that's a lot of that's a lot of good information. Um, so what is the difference or what would you say the, the benefits are between um or the negative outcomes are between um purchasing a home that's already made and against remodel um new builds? New builds. Mm-hmm. Um preference. Okay. You know, I say preference and I
1: so the simplest thing is I've I know buyers who have purchased a home, built it from ground up. And by the time that four to six months, sometimes eight months is up, they want to change what's in the house because their taste changes. or they've seen mm-hmm. something that they want to add to the house. Right. Um, and then, you know, if there's something on the market, it may fit that person's particular need because you can always make adjustments. Um, some people like new construction, some like existing the typ- typically I hear they like the new construction because no one's lived in it. They got some say in it, you know, when they are talking to the builder at some point, if it's already, if it's being built from ground up, um, some people like older homes because they think it's made out of better material. And, um, it typically comes with a larger lot and ha- more has, has more of a home feeling as opposed to a house.
0: Gotcha. So when you started your Proverbs podcast, right, the Real Estate Proverbs podcast, what are you looking, first of all, what are you looking to give to the to your audience? And as well, what are you looking to do with the podcast? And in your so future?
1: What, I, what I want to give to the audience is I want to give examples of successful black people who are mm-hmm. in the real estate space. 2017, um, NAR came out, National Association of Realtors came out with a uh, statistic on incomes in real estate. African Americans, on average, make 24,900 dollars a year selling real estate. Oh wow. The average The average time that a person had been in the business um, that they had interviewed was eight years, and no disrespect or no dig. Um, you can make $25,000 a year at Walmart, right? Mm -hmm. And it's probably less taxing. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing of it is, man, real estate has a sexy connotation of being a realtor, right? But it's hard work. It's hard work. Uh, HGTV doesn't do it justice. (laughs) Um, House Hunters doesn't do it justice. Flip This House and all those shows, it doesn't do what a real estate professional does justice. However, there are some dope African-American real estate professionals that are doing some amazing things in that space. And I want to be able to seek them out, highlight them on my podcast, and hope that my listeners say, you know what? He or she looks like me. They're doing a great thing. Let me We can do it. Just being positive examples. You know, that's the same thing with us as young kids. I'm looking at Lawrence Taylor. I'm looking at Charles Barkley. I'm looking at Daryl Strawberry. I'm looking at all these guys who do great things in sports and Magic Johnson and say, oh, I can do that. Well, that's what I want us to be able to do as adults. I want to be able to elevate and push to levels and, exp- and give exposure to those people that typically don't get highlighted, but they are doing amazing things in real estate. That's the whole premise of it, man. That I love talking real estate. I love real estate, and I just want to highlight and I want to see how he or she was able to scale the way they were, and show them that there's more than way, more than one way to skin a cat, as they say.
0: That's uh, and I hear your passion for it come come through your explanation. Um, has there ever been a like, an interaction with? Somebody that like truly inspired you um either on the podcast, giving out a mortgage, or through the process of investing.
1: Ooh. Um probably everybody. <laughs> everybody, okay. you know, I've got uh I've got se- I'm seven six uh six episodes in and mm-hmm every person that I've spoken to on the podcast has educated me on different aspects of their particular portion of the business uh, and given me insight and they've inspired me you know, they inspired me to do certain things or just gave me knowledge um, that could help me in my business. So yeah. And I, so pretty much drew, I'm learning and asking questions that yeah. I want to know. And hopes that's, that my, my listeners want to know as well.
0: That's dope. Um, has there ever been a horrible experience, not on the podcast cause I don't want to put nobody out there, but has there <laughs> ever been a hor- horrible experience that you've, you know, taken on with either, you know, helping somebody with a mortgage or, you know, doing an investment deal?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had, um, Ooh, I've had, I remember showing a house, uh, as an agent, to a um, non-black family. Mm -hmm. And I had showed the house to the daughter and she was fine with it. And um, so she brought her parents with her. And when they walked away from me, they walk in a different direction of the house. I heard her father say, this inn is not going to sell you this house. and. I didn't i never she never called back after I showed him the house um she ended up buying because she brought not far from me. I just so happened to see her outside um so the prejudice man, I mean, we talk in two thousand five two thousand six you know the prejudice that that's available that's still out there um I would consider that a um bad experience it, it, yeah. it frustrated me um because it's not like i was out there with my pants sagging and talking about yo how you doing you want to buy this <laughs> house and I'm, you know speaking the king's english and i got on my shirt and my tie and my slacks and my dress shoes and i'm knowledgeable about my business and my craft um the shame that people uh don't see me as a person they see me as a black man. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, but for every one of those stories, man, I've got a story that lit, you know, that I could say where, I, you know, I got raving reviews or I had a great experience. But yeah, man, that was that was something. That was, yeah, that was something.
0: Yeah, it's you. it's a uh, one of Kanye's. You know, I don't know if everybody uses this line, but he it it just makes so much sense. His racism's racism still alive? They just be concealing it, and I'm just like. Damn Kanye, this that's old Kanye. Just give you a little little bit of information, you know, get a little these facts, um, right? <laughs> um, so, as far as first and foremost, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> you're in the um, Atlanta kind of Georgia area. Um, is is real estate booming out there right now? Or how is that like the 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 environment? <laughs> how is the environment? Should everybody come down there and purchase land? It's uh, pretty. It's pretty crazy, man. I have clients
1: on the mortgage side. Um, I have clients who are sometimes one of thirty, one of forty-two offers. Um, oh, really, the real estate market is bananas. I've never, I've never seen anything like it. So I was in the, fir- I was in the first wave, early two mm-hmm. thousands, and I saw that market in the peak, but that didn't have anything to do any, I don't think it had any comparison to how things are going now. Um, you know, Atlanta slash Metro Atlanta is an amazing place, you know, in the Metro Atlanta area, there's 5.8 million people. Oh yeah. That's, you know, and I think there's only 10 million people in Georgia.
0: Yeah. Atlanta (laughs) Atlanta has like one of my favorite restaurants. Uh, oh my goodness. Now it's, it just slipped my brain. It was just in here. It was just in here. Now it's gone gone now okay it's gone forever oh my goodness all right if it comes back it'll come back but it, has, it houses, houses one of my one of my favorite like italian restaurants oh man no no man lagrata 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 okay yeah you ever get a, ch- get a chance you want to take the the wife or the kids or whatever whatever whoever you want to take there great great restaurant great they make yeah, everything they make everything like from scratch i mean i literally went there for um anniversary dinner and there was like um <clears throat> it was like what you want and it was like i was like you really don't have what i want on a the menu They was like okay we'll we'll make what you want just tell us what you want and i was like okay i told them what i want i wanted a veal parmesan and it was like okay we got you I was like, okay. They came out with a veal. Literally, the plate was this big. They slapped that thing on. the the The, the bone was hanging off. I was like, okay, okay. Well, I don't know. I don't. Just, I don't know. What I'm gonna do with this, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna try my hardest. But yeah, La Grata. La Grata. Okay, La I'll definitely try to check it
1: out, man. So many, so many gems here in the Atlanta area. Um, haven't even touched half of. Man, them.
0: I, I call it the Mecca, man. It's uh, it's it's also the place I see that everybody comes and it went definitely a black. They go there to change. They're like, I'm going to Atlanta, you know, I'm going to spend a couple of years in here. I'm going to change. And the reason for it is that like, you literally, you turn your head left, you turn your head, right. You're going to see black owned businesses. You're going to see, you know, people that look like you that are doing big things. You know, you, I, I that's the reason why I kind of moved from the Midwest. Cause I, I used to live in Ohio for four years and I came to Charlotte. I'm like. And at least here I can see, you know, a, a, it might be a black older man, but at least it's a black man driving a Lamborghini or a, you know, a Tesla or a, a Ferrari or, you know, like, like you're, you're doing in real estate, you know, just having that exposure, not just to yourself, but to your, to the kids, to your family, to people around you is, I think it's, it's monumental, but yeah. Okay. I got off my soapbox um, oh, about no, that. you're fine, man. You're <laughs> fine. you're
1: right i mean it's wakanda it's wakanda for us you know small (laughs) town i came from uh back in delaware i was a you know i mean i was a star not necessarily star star but like i was well known i did well in business Uh, when i came to atlanta man (laughs) i was on the bench you know, what I mean, like I wouldn't get no playing time. I was handing LeBron his water. Like I was, you know, what I mean. So, but it it, it made me, it made me think out of the box, outside the box. It gave me more. It's, it's giving me more inspiration. It's allowed for me to grow in ways and see things uh, at a faster pace and in a different light. And I've met some amazing people and have built some amazing uh, friendships here in Atlanta. So, you know, you know, it's not necessarily where you're from, it's where you're at, man.
0: Exactly. And so the question, another question about your your real estate in general, you're saying, you know, it's it's getting crazy out here. I know it's like, it's a seller's market, not a buyer's market or something like that. I think I've been hearing, um, how have you pivoted during the pandemic?
1: Um, so yeah, so like, 2020, uh, 2020 was the best year I ever had in real estate on either side, whether I was a, a realtor or as a loan officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just what I did was I just stayed active on social media um, uh, and just kind of forged the relationship that I had. And it was, re- you know, relationships with people that I had established and was always a resource. And then they were reaching out to me and asking, uh, you know, did I do this or that, or what was the credit scores we could use? So just establishing relationships with realtors over mm-hmm. time. Um, I host a real estate networking event, uh, in, in Gwinnett County, uh, called Gwinnett work. Um, we average between a hundred to 125 people, um, the second Tuesday every year, but we halted that. Mm-hmm. um, you know, March was March of twenty twenty was our last one that we had live and I think in June we did a, a Zoom. But, you know, just building relationships and honestly, man, just you utilizing social media, slide in yeah. DM, say, hey, <laughs> you know, if you're interested in building another relationship with a lender, I'm here. Um seeing people's posts about can a lender, uh any lenders do this credit score and just you know, commenting and then people who've done deals with me see those questions and they tag me in a post on Facebook. So, um, that's how I've been able to to definitely pivot, man. And, um, 2021 is started out better than 2021, 2020. So I'm off to a great start for this year.
0: Have you, have you always been present on social media or was this something like you took on, um, post, uh, pandemic?
1: No, I've always been present. You know, pretty heavy on Facebook. Uh still learning the inner workings of Instagram. Uh I've started to do more uh with uh LinkedIn as well. So yeah, I've always had um an online presence, man. Uh you know, just doing something. Even back to MySpace.
0: So (laughs) shout out to MySpace. Uh (laughs) um (laughs) have you tried have you tried TikTok yet? Nah, I hadn't tried TikTok.
1: I don't know the premise behind it. Uh, I always see people dancing on it. Um, yeah, so, so.
0: I, apparently it used to be this program called Musical.ly, right? So Musical.ly, all you used to do, literally what you're saying, exactly 100% right. You should just have music. It used to come up. You used to make your little dance videos, right? And then it got brought up by this company and they made TikTok. So... I'm learning about it too. So I'm always like interested in people how they and I I feel like old now, right? Cause there's always that one space where you're like, you know, your your parents are like, how you use this damn Facebook? I don't know how to use it. Posting likes. People are liking my I don't like it. Um, and then (laughs) posting the pictures real close and trying to do selfies. But I'm in the realm now. I'm like that's how I'm feeling about TikTok. I'm literally learning from YouTube about how to use it and stuff like that. But apparently it's good, it's been good for some podcasters and A lot of people on social media that have utilized it just to make like get because there's there's a couple of people that have like a hundred thousands of likes on or views of one video on TikTok. And that takes a lead and that generates them to, you know, have people come to your site or whatever or whatever. But yeah, TikTok's been interesting because it's. uh, it's a space that I'm, and I'm in technology. So now, now, I'm thirsting for knowledge on how to use it. So it's been interesting God, to utilize. Yeah. So I just been asking, yeah, I just been asking anybody, like, do you know anything about TikTok? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we're gonna get into our section I like to call "shots fired," um, and these are about fifteen to twenty questions, um, and they're what I call elevated icebreakers. And they start very simple in the beginning and then they get a little bit more thought-provoking in the end. Okay, cool? Yeah, cool. cool. You ready? All right. Yes, sir. Uh, And this is Shots Fired. What's your favorite color? Red. What's your favorite sport? Baseball. What's your favorite movie? Harlem not not
1: Harlem Knights coming to America. Okay. And what movie do you hate to love? What movie do I hate to love? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think this.
0: Okay. Yeah. What movie that you're like, you 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 turn on, and you're like, you hope nobody nobody sees you watching this. Uh, um maybe the notebook. Okay. You're not the first person that said that. Um <laughs> one place you want to visit. That I want to visit? Yeah. Italy. Okay. Um what was the worst job you ever had? Um,
1: geez. Good question. <laughs> Haven't had uh probably staples.
0: Okay. Um, staples. coffee or tea? Uh, I was... Huh? I said coffee or tea? Neither. Throw them both in the trash. Okay. <laughs> what's your favorite TV show? Martin. Nice. Um, what's your favorite dessert? Uh Cookies. Chocolate chip. Big bag. Okay. Ooh, nice. Favorite type of music? Um, gospel. Okay. And uh, favorite artist? It doesn't have to be a musical artist. It could be anybody whose art inspires um emotion to you. So it could be a dancer. It could be a singer. It could be, you know, a, a drummer, a painter, a graffiti artist. Gotcha. Um, Pride Martin Lawrence. Okay. Um, who is your celebrity crush? Neil Long. Okay. What would be the name of your autobiography? It all started with the fudge ripple. <laughs> um, What is the weirdest food you ever eaten? Mm, alligator. Okay. You can have an ultimate supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What is it? Um. Relationship. Ooh. Okay. That's deep. Um, <laughs> if you had to be handcuffed to somebody for a month, who would it be? My wife. Okay. If you had a talk show, who would be your first guest, alive or dead? And what would you ask them? Um, first
1: guest would be Tyler Perry. What would I ask okay. him? Mm-hmm. What? uh, what was inside of him to make him to believe that he could do the things that
0: he's doing now. So have you, have you seen that Tyler Perry studio since you're in in the line area? I haven't, uh, but I plan on
1: going down to take a look at it.
0: Okay. Um, what are, what is one of your guilty pleasures? Netflix.
1: Sometimes I should be working and I'm watching it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who is the better businessman and why? Justin Timberlake or Justin Bieber? Uh, That's a good
1: question. Probably be Justin Bieber. Um, simply because he, he draws the attention to himself, whether it's through his life or social media, um, which creates followers, which creates money.
0: Gotcha. What is your Defro meal? app? I need an app, I need an entree, and I need dessert. Entree
1: and dessert. Fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, and uh chocolate mm. chip cookies. Nice. If I had to have a vegetable, your, green beans.
0: What's your what's your um your app your appetizer?
1: Oh my appetizer. Um mm-hmm. monsterella sticks.
0: All right, and that is shots fired. That's good. Good stuff, man. <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate it. Um last thing. Um what would you like to talk about? Life, love, or laughter. Life. Life. Okay, we're gonna get existential here. Have you ever had a interaction with a ghost, alien, or um, demon? Uh, no, neither. Okay. Neither. Next question, what is your what is your personal meaning of life?
1: Um My personal meaning of life is um living on your own terms, doing things uh to leave the world better than what we found it. Uh and enjoying enjoying relationships with people, uh, family, friends, and and giving back. That's that's life. You know what I mean? Not you know, you're gonna go through struggles, you're gonna go through hard times, especially when you're trying to excel at something. Um but life is just living living it on your own terms.
0: Gotcha. So do you think um that is missed from a lot of people now?
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of impersonators Mm. Uh, trying to live the life that someone else has shown or portrayed to and um, not being your genuine self. And I mean, I've been caught up in it before, too. So um, you want to live. um, I want to be the best Kevin Jefferson I can be. It's only one. Kevin exactly. Jefferson like me and, you know, I, I forged my own path and, um, I just want to be, I want to leave a name for my family, you know, a legacy. So, you know, I can't do it the way Tyler Perry did it. I can't do it the way that, you know, Steve Harvey does it. Um, I can pull from their inspiration. Um, but you know, that's the one thing I think we get caught up in a lot of the things like, Steve Harvey and Tyler Perry both slept in their car, and I've never Mm -hmm. slept in my car, never had to sleep in my car. I don't know their struggles. So the way they live their life is because they've been through what they've been through. And I've been through some things and gained some things, lost some things, um, but I'm just living it my life through my own lens and, you know, inspired by others but doing what I want to do, which I think will leave a better impression uh, based off of me.
0: That's dope. If you had to give a, you know, a, a speech to somebody who wants to be in in the same position you are in or wants to start real estate. Um, okay, better question. If you can go back in time and give a speech to the 13-year-old you, what would you tell them? Work harder. Mm,
1: why? Work harder. Work harder. Certain things that you do as a kid, um, mm-hmm. you take for granted. And yeah. uh, I wasn't the most gifted, the most talented, um, but I know that there was room for impression to work harder. Um, so, man, I'll tell you a quick story. Mm-hmm. So, I played, I didn't, I never, I was always a big kid, right? And I never was small enough to play peewee football in my town so i never played football except for two-hand touch at recess (laughs) or tackle when i was younger Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and in the seventh grade when you could play middle school football i decided i wanted to go out and i went out i made it i started seventh grade but I never, I didn't go back to eighth grade because we never won any games in seventh grade, and it wasn't anything that I said I loved, right? Yeah. So, fast forward, going into ninth grade, I didn't, I wasn't gonna play football either. And what happened was, all of my friends that I hung with after school were playing football. <laughs> so I decided to try out. I tried out, and I made it, and. I ended up starting and excelling, you know, on the freshman team, excelling so much that I got to play with JV also. So my freshman year, I played freshman and got moved up to JV. And I started that one game that I played with JV. I started, excuse me. I got more playing time than the starter because um, they didn't push me over anybody, but I got a lot of playing time that JV game. So. I had played freshman in JV in the ninth grade. So the next progression in my mind was to varsity. And I went up to varsity and got a rude awakening. Um, It was just, some of those guys were just a year older than me, Um, but it was different. Mm -hmm. It was different work ethic, different level. And my 10th grade year, I didn't get any time. I went back and my the summer of my 11th grade year, I started training and running because I hated running, running, lifting weights, getting in shape. And what happened was I felt like I was in the best shape of my life at that point. We went out and I remember talking to one of the coaches and he told me, um, and I don't know if that was my detriment, man. He said, the position is yours. It's yours. Mm. You just got to show us. And it was a kid there that outworked me. He was a sophomore. I was a junior. He outworked me. And I wasn't getting any time. I wasn't working hard. And I quit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I quit. So the varsity coach. Uh, reached out to me and he was like, you know, what's going on? I was like, I quit, you know, like I did all I could do and in doing all I could do. He's like, look, you know, you're better than that. And, you know, I'd like to have you around in some capacity. So I ended up being a manager my junior year. Um, he wouldn't let me play JV. He said, you're too good for JV. Mm. Um, That's not where you belong. So I stayed my 11th grade year going into um, my senior year. This guy, junior still there (laughs) and he outworked me. But at that point I didn't have the love for it. I was just doing it to do it. Fast forward to now. I don't quit anything. Mm-hmm. You're not going to outwork me. And I'm not stopping. No matter how much I lose. I mean, 2008, my income went down 50%. I lost my primary residence. I thought lost 10 acres in North Carolina. I lost three rental properties. And 13 years later, I'm still here. With more now than I had before. I don't quit. I don't give up, and I can attest that to that because I got outworked, and I thought I put all I could, and my wife still don't understand why some nights I get one or two hours of sleep because I will not allow anybody to outwork me. I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but you will not. Trust me, you will not outwork me. I came to Atlanta, man, the second largest county in the state, And me and my partner established a real estate investment. Uh, We established a real estate networking event that wasn't here from scratch. And she came from Florida. And we did that. I was here. I don't know how long she was here, but I was only here two years when I started. Not even a full two years. And then you're not going to outwork me. You may have better connections, but you will not outwork me. No way, no how. And I'm still growing. And why? Because of that situation back there. I should have started. I had the ability to start. My work ethic sucked. Mm. And I wasn't in shape. And when I thought I was in my best shape, guess what? That kid outworked me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You're not going to outwork me. I'm still working hard and I'm working on working smarter. Nah, you're not going to outwork me.
0: I think we're going no to, way we're, no we're, how we are gonna leave it there because that's that's just words that's just words to live live by a hundred percent never say never say quit and,
1: never say you know, quit
0: man and put that work in so where can where can everybody follow you where can everybody get this inspiration where can everybody listen to proper the proverbs of real real estate proverbs
1: so you can uh find me on Instagram under the people's lender. You can find me on Facebook under Kevin Jefferson uh, and Kevin Jefferson Mortgage. You can find real estate proverbs on iTunes, uh, Anchor, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, all the big name podcasts. You can also find it on my YouTube channel, uh Kevin Jefferson slash the People's Lender.
0: Perfect. Again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your, your energy and um the last thing we do on a po- on a podcast is say the catchphrase and the catchphrase is love, peace, and chicken grease. And the reason <laughs> love, for that peace is and chicken grease. Yep, and the reason for that is that we just went bring everybody together and everybody loves some love, everybody wants some peace, and everybody loves some chicken grease. <laughs> chicken <laughs> grease. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so That's... again, thank th- you. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm just here. thank you for allowing me the opportunity, man. And you can find me on Clubhouse because that's where I met you at.
0: Yeah, exactly. You'd be turned up in Clubhouse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: I listened to Get Better on the podcasting, man. That was a great, that's a great room.
0: Yeah, that that Tanner and Pedro and Roman, they they host a lot of good stuff and they give a lot of good information. Even this setup I have right now is because of them. So I, 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 I can't, I can't voice that out even even as much as they've helped me but again right. thank you again um and this has been another episode of Drew versus the world love peace and chicken grease